Hey everyone, Anthony here. Thank you for listening. On today's show, we have a really great guest, Dinesh Sukija. He's a director of engineering at Open Door. He's a father of three. We did actually work at Headspace at the same time, though we didn't even know each other. Uh, we talk about a lot of different things. We uh, He has a leadership role. We talk about how to juggle that with raising a big family. We also talk about cricket. We talk about Dinesh's experiences growing up in India. So if you have a leadership role, if you have a bunch of kids, if you want to hear somebody talk about cricket, this one's for you. I appreciate you listening. Let me know what you think about the episode. If you would, click the follow button, leave me a rating, share with your friends. It would mean the world to me. It's the best way to help the podcast grow. Anyway, on to the show. Welcome back to the Successful Working Parents Podcast, the podcast where we talk to successful working parents. Still working on the title. My guest today, he is Director of Engineering at Open Door. He's a father of three. Ladies and gentlemen, Dinesh Sukija. Dinesh, welcome. Well, thanks, Anthony. Excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming. Excited to talk to you. We actually worked at Headspace at the same time. We never met each other, though. I guess that was kind of during COVID, so there wasn't a lot of on-site activity. Yeah, I think we may have just missed each other. I joined uh, November 2020. Uh, I think we had a bit of an overlap, six months or so. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, we did miss each other at that time. Bummer. Well, maybe uh, maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> speaking of Headspace, tell us a little bit about your career. Sure. Uh, so like I said, my name is uh, Dinesh Sukija. I'm the director of uh, engineering at Open Door. I've been uh, in the technology space for over 25 years now. You know, it's been a... No, amazing journey. Been learning and growing pretty much every day. I've been in this in this space, but I think more importantly, like I've seen myself as a full time dad and a father of three. That's I feel as is my um, you know true calling in a way. So trying to balance both uh, being a dad and uh, being a leader to my teams has been an interesting journey for me. I'm curious to hear from you. Do you feel like your skill set as an engineer informed the way that you were a parent at all? Oh, uh, I think the uh, both these journeys uh, have influenced my either parenting style or leadership style in one way or the other. Like the leadership books that I have read specifically around growth mindset and, you know, allowing your teams to just go and make their mistakes and discover themselves has been a bit of a revelation for me in how I've taken that learning into how i uh, parent my kids or uh, so yeah that's that's influenced me quite a bit in in identifying you know opportunities for my kids that they could just go pursue themselves I, even though I know that they might fall or fail I let them fall and fail but then they come out stronger so that's been one approach that I take with both my teams and my kids has has influenced me quite a bit also coming from an engineering background you know it's very important to have a streak of curiosity, and uh, it's interesting to, you know, as a role of a parent in fostering curiosity in, in kids and how you um, model yourself when it comes to things you observe, things you question, your kids pick up from that, and I think you can foster that as well. So these are the thing, two things um, right off the bat when I see parallels between engineering leadership and, and parenting. What about in the other direction, after you became a parent, did it change the way you were a leader or maybe even the way you were an engineer? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think how do I resolve conflicts between my teammates has been a bit of um, something that I've picked on how I 
a mediate between my kids. So I'm a parent of three kids all under eight. And you can imagine that, you know, as much as they like to play each other, they fight each with each other a lot too. So how do I mediate so that each party feels that they've not felt unfair, un not being felt unfairly? So that's been something that I've learned, you know, being a parent and I've taken it to my teams and being a good listener and trying to understand, uh, showing a lot of empathy uh, that's something that I've taken in the reverse way from being a dad into an engineering leader. So tell us a little bit more about how you're able to juggle these things. You have three kids under eight, mm -hmm. you're a busy director of engineering. How do you find the time to juggle that? Yeah, I think the most important thing is to identify what are the most time-consuming activities. And I think uh, being there now for nine years with three kids, I realized just two things are very important. Good sleep routine for kids our schedule and eating habits. Uh, if you've been to any kids' parties, you'll see, you know, um, most of the parents expend their energy in either feeding their kids or struggling to put them to bed. So we've managed to successfully build, you know, a schedule where all three of my kids follow the same routine and all three of them go to bed in the same room at the same time and they wake up at the same time. So we're not, you know, um, spending our entire evening and putting them to bed. Also, dinner time is very sacred in our household. So we've been very intentional about everybody coming together at least once a day, eating together and eating by yourself. So no more feeding kids. So um, we, that's something that we've learned through our time is like, hey, you feed one child, it, they take like 30 minutes, then you feel another child take another 30 minutes. So that's like what 90 minutes of your evening just wasted on just feeding kids. So we just changed our tactics like, hey, everybody's going to come at this time. You all are going to feed yourselves. If you're not going to feed yourselves, you're going to go to bed hungry. As much as as uh, kind of brutal, for lack of a better word, it sounds, it actually has worked really well for us because kids eat when they're hungry. So And, and then they develop this good habit as well that, okay, this is, this is my ownership. So I eat. We take about 30, 40 minutes. We talk about things or we be silly at the, the dining table. We are done with dinner. We get to bed. We read a book. All three of them read their own books, but I read my, to, to my youngest. And then they go to bed together for this little story time. So that's been very helpful in for us to manage our evening times, which is the witching hour for most parents. And I think once they go to bed, you know, we can then take our time to either read or watch something or just connect, you know, with my partner, which has been very helpful in just balancing my own sanity because parenting is hard. You know, um, uh, engineering leadership job is hard. So that's, you know, just being mindful of those activities, which are time suck for you when it comes to parents has really helped me a lot. So these two are... Uh, very essential. Also, we are in this time and age where we kind of overload our kids with activities. So soccer, piano, swimming, how do we take time out for that? So I'll make sure that I bunch all activities together. So all my kids go together for swimming, all my kids go together for soccer and, and, and what have you. So, you know, we try not to take on activities that where we have to run in different directions. So those have been some of the ways that we, we find our you know, find time for us or try to bunch our activities together. And also, it's very important to draw boundaries with your kids, especially when it comes to work. So the way I've been parenting is being very factual about uh, what's work life and what's not work life. So when I'm in this room where I'm right now and I'm on a call, they can't just come. They can come in when that kids, they'll still come in, but they can't just tug me away or interrupt. So when I tell them and I show them the person on the screen, like, okay, this person is so-and-so, he's my boss. You know, I would prefer you not interrupting me. So then they have real connections. Okay, this is this is the boundary. So 
no matter how young your child is, I think boundaries work and you can draw, hey, this is my workspace, cannot interrupt at this time, or daddy's going to be on a call for the next one, are you coming? So those are some of the ways that I tend to ensure that I'm able to be fully present for my team, but also being able to balance my time with my kids. So it sounds like you really have them moving as a pod almost, right? Everybody has dinner at the same time, goes to bed at the same time, and does similar activities. Yeah, yeah. Does that lead to some conflict when one wants to play baseball and the other wants to do ballet? I mean, you probably see them starting to diverse their interests as they've gotten older. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we 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 are we. We've been able to manage that for the most part, but for instance, um, you know, we, we will have divergence, and at that time, it's important to identify how much you can allow to do that. So we'll have them pick. Okay, this is one activity that you could do by yourself. Like if my daughter wants to go kick ball, and my son just wants to do Nintendo. So yeah, you you kind of allow them that one little divergent activity, but at the same time the ethos that we've followed is, is this is, you know, we are a unit, we do, we do everything together. Uh, this is the time for a trail to so everybody go, but then you come back and next one hour, you guys are free to do what you want. So yeah, I mean, that's been helpful in, you know, ma managing family life, being together and also have them pursue their own interests. Do any of them ever call your bluff and, and not go to the dinner table at, at that time? You, you, you send, it sounds like you kind of give them the freedom not to. So do they ever say, I'm not, I'm not going to dinner at seven? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A few times now. So, you know, and they're exploring their personalities. When kids, when they're like between three and eight, they're always pushing boundaries and pushing to see what's their authority. So they've, they've called her, you know, like, well, I wouldn't call her bluff. They said that, okay, I'm not coming for dinner. And I said, okay, then just go to bed. And then they've gone to bed. And after like an hour, they come screaming, I'm like, I'm hungry. And I said, okay, dinner time is over. You can have an apple now. And then, you know, that's how we deal with it. I mean, earlier we would just like, you know, pursue and push and cajole, but you know, no more of that. Well, I'm sure they, they learn then that it's probably better yeah. off that they do come. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What about during the day? So it sounds like, do you work from home? I do. So do you, you have to just sort of set that boundary of when I'm in this time period, I'm at work and yeah. you, you have to kind of take care of yourselves or do you take breaks during the day to, to be with them and things like that? Make sure that, you know, we have somewhat of a schedule. So like all five of us, we walk our kids to school every day so they know that they see daddy and mommy at least for those 20 minutes when we all are walking together so that's that's good time we will do like some like things like hey like what's the fact of the day or what do you dream about last night or some conversations while we're walking so that's something we do but when you know work starts it's 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 a bit of a bi-directional expectation so like all my colleagues at work know that you know i have three kids three small kids uh and you know we've never been in a better time now to be a parent being remote uh with a very understanding workforce that you know like hey sometimes parents will have to just you know go off camera or can't take this call because they would take their kids to the doctor or what have you so having the right expectation with your with your employer uh, is also important. It's also important for employers to continue to have very uh, parent-friendly uh, policies. So that helps, and we've never been in a better time uh, than um, than ever. Um, uh, you know that that helps in setting expectation with your parents, setting expectation with your kids when we are available, when we are not. And there'll be occasional times when um, you know my kids will stream in and just say, "Hey, I can't do this call because I have to do something else with my kids," and I think that's really acceptable. How old is your youngest child? Uh, three. Okay, so all of my friends have chosen to only have two kids. And I'm curious, mm -hmm. how much more chaotic does it get with the third one? 
Oh, that's a great question. Uh, and I'm an advocate of, uh, and this this might sound like I'm I'm like somebody's dad, like to have more kids. <laughs> uh, and I think you know, have sometimes I feel having one child is harder than having two or three because then you are be constantly be present for that one child and uh, and feel that if you have two kids or three kids, they are always constantly playing with each other. Yes, it's a chaotic household. Uh, in that case, it's a financial stress as well. Uh, but going from two to three is not much of a big deal. We we, de- we we debated a lot. We spoke to a lot of parents at that time and we were we got pregnant with a third. And how did they manage to have uh, you know three in a household? And I wouldn't have it any other way. I think you know the third one has just been hanging out with the second one and the first one and it's been very different dynamics. Uh, and and you have to ensure that you kind of literally piggyback, you know, the upbringing of the third child on the first and second. And that's not to say that totally neglect the third child, but it, it is a very in minimal effort and to each his own to just raising a third child as opposed to maybe having two kids. Somebody did tell me that it's already so crazy once you have the second one that the third one doesn't add that much more craziness. I've, I've said that too. Yeah, that is true in a way as well. But I think it's more it's more fun having three. But yeah, that's just my personal choice and personal opinion. So what about self-care and time for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I was fortunate to be part of Headspace and maybe you can resonate with this where I learned how important is it to take time out for yourself. So I've been a practitioner of mindfulness now for over three years since I joined Headspace. I've clocked over 10,000 minutes on the app as as well. So that's helped me really watch for myself and not always be giving. Uh, so there are a few things that are very important for my own sanity. Like, you know, I like to take my walks. I like to do audible while I'm taking a walk, uh, no matter how good or bad the weather is. But that's just my sacred space and time. And uh, told my partners and my kids, hey, this is daddy's time. And and again, this goes back to setting healthy boundaries for yourself and for your kids. You know, you give the same choice to your, obviously, to your partner as well. So that's how I've been able to do it. Take carving out time for things that, you know, are very important for me. Shout out to Headspace. Really great app and really enjoyed working working there as well. So when I Meditation has been a big part of my life for a long time now, almost 10 years. I was single when I started doing it and and for Mm. a long time. So it was a a little bit easier to establish that routine. I could do 20, I was doing 20 minutes twice a day when I first started. And Mm. it was easy to just have a morning routine where I could do 10, 20, even 30 minutes. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you integrated that into your life because you already had two or three kids by the time you had started. So was it hard to establish the routine? What What are the specifics? Like how much, how many minutes do you do? Where do you do it? When do you do yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, and I'm a PM shifted person as well. So I do my best work uh, after 9 PM. And that's also the time when there is nobody, av- like all my kids are in bed already. So that's my space when I can do some deep work or I can meditate and I do a bit of both pretty much every day. And that's how I built my practice is just meditating like after 9.30 p.m. I started with 10 minutes as well using doing the everyday headspace uh, meditation. But I've, you know, I've graduated to 20 minutes of just unguided meditation. Uh, but there are times that I have to just go down to five minutes, two minutes, and maybe I can quote this, this tactic I learned in the book, Atomic Habits, where difficult is it to form habits, but how easy is it to lose good habits? And one thing that I learned is that if you don't have time, for example, to meditate for 10 minutes every day, just do it for two minutes uh, and never go two days without uh, continuing with your with your habits that you're essential because then it becomes a habit to lose uh, that habit 
All right. So that, that's helped me. It's like, so there are, I try to do 20 minutes of unguided, but if you can't, I'll just do two minutes as well, especially when you're traveling or, or it's been a late evening. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it, it's better to do two minutes or even one minute than, than zero. There's definitely, yeah. like anything else, there's, if you do five push-ups, it's better than not doing any, right? So I think that oh, there's yeah, definitely, for sure. definitely some benefit to that. So that's interesting that you do it at night. I've always tried to do it first thing in the morning. So is your schedule shifted? So are you up pretty late and then you wake up a little bit later? Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I've been thinking about as well. I've always, I've not been a morning person ever. Uh, so generally, I wake up at 730, I take care of myself, and then it's just kids time, getting kids to ready for school. So we kind of also partner during the morning is like, I take care of the kids, you know, get them ready, get them brushed, uh, and send them down and then mom packs lunches and get them ready. And then we get both get ready and walk them home. So uh, my morning is crazy, but but my evenings are, are my time. And that's when I tend to pursue that. So what other advice do you have for busy working parents? What other tactics have worked for you to juggle the two things? Yeah, I think being mindful of, you know, your career timeline is important. I think the first three years are very foundational for a child. And as a parent, I was fortunate to get that time to be with my kids um, and be at that time on my career when it wasn't that demanding. And, and I appreciate that. You know, it sometimes is not your choice, but being intentional about how I want to pace my career uh, and being very open about like, hey, for example, if you want to take a step back from uh you know, high pressure leadership position to do a little bit of maybe less stressful or even icy work. Not to say that icy work is less stressful, but you have a little bit more control over your time uh, is, is something that I would recommend. I've seen very successful parents kind of putting their career, sidestepping their career for a couple of years to just focus on their kids because it's really enriching for both you, know, you as as a parent, but also for the child themselves to have like a like not a full time parent, but almost a full time parent for their needs. So yeah, you just gotta like take a step back, and you can always catch up in your career. Uh, I feel so. That's one advice I would definitely recommend, and just having good boundaries and schedule with your kids, especially around sleep and and uh, feeding, is is which are like the biggest time consuming activities. Is is would be something that I would really recommend. Do you think about how your kids see your career and the way you approach work? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I'd love to share something here. You know, we always, I always quote about growth mindset with my kids, but also being respectful, even in tough times. So I was let go in December at Headspace because of a riff there. It was pretty devastating for me and also my kids because I've been very factual with my kids and that's the only way uh, I feel uh, I can be. So I told, you know, my eldest at that time who had a little bit of maturity to understand what's going on on, on what happened, why daddy was let go and why daddy is sad and what might happen to us. And it was pretty tough for him to process that. But fortunately, I bounced back uh, quickly uh, with an exciting uh, opportunity at Open Door, where I'm at right now. I remember we we continue to use, of course, the Headspace app. And my son is like, why do you still use the app when they let you go? And I was like, well, you know, because it was one of the best things that happened to me, both personally and professionally. I'm not going to give it up because, you know, business changed or whatever changed, right? So uh, you should always be grateful and thankful So uh, for um, you know, things that are good things that have happened to and not try to remember the, you know, the, the, the anecdotal things that can change everything, uh, an impression. So those are the few things, you know, um, I, how I lean in 
more with my kids, being very factual about what my work is, what daddy does uh, specifically at work, uh, whether he builds software, whether he manages teams, and just bringing them along in their journey. And you can, you, and, and we tend to underestimate our kids a lot, but their capacity to understand things is can be can surprise you so i would encourage parents to let's be more factual obviously use kid friendly language and and examples but uh, bring them along in your journey see what your work is like you know what your challenges are where the days you're nervous the days you're excited so I always share those things with them hey today this thing happened at work and i was happy this thing happened and i wasn't happy and uh, yeah I, uh, and that's been very rewarding for us and I think that's a really great lesson you, you taught your kid about not spiting the whole, the whole, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, I guess, essentially, right? And yeah, exactly. still using something that you found value in, even though mm-hmm. it came from a place that you you know you no longer had a tie to. I also, I wanted to give you a chance to talk a little bit about your upbringing. You grew up in India, is that right? That is right. So, I, I mean, I'd love to hear just a little bit about how that probably was different from the way your kids are growing up today and some of the things maybe you, you tried to bring instill in them that, that were instilled in you. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, it's been obviously a generational change, uh, literally, in parenting. Uh, and regardless of where which culture you come from or where you were brought up, I think parenting has changed a lot over the last 30, 40 years, you know, it's changed so much like between the way I was raised and being my kids are raised there's a sea change between well so I came from came from a I come from a very modest background where things weren't easily accessible whereas you know we are fortunate to provide our kids with a lot of luxuries in life uh, and I you know, do feel at times that I think my kids feel that they're entitled to things so just bringing that sense of humility and uh, a bit of conservative consumption has been a learning that I'm forcing on my kids that like, yes, we can afford it, but we don't need it. And you already have one of this, so no. So just trying to be changing that, like from my my past where things were hard to come by into the, into their present where things are very readily, easily available, but having a sense of humility, not having a sense of entitlement and really being watchful of what you need versus what you want. And a few things that we've done to instill that is that, you know, we give our kids allowance, which has also helped us in uh, bringing some sense of ownership and um, like a measured entitlement for them. So like my nine-year-old gets nine bucks per week for doing X number of sh- chores. My six-year-old gets six bucks a week for her chores. And three-year-old also gets three bucks a week for her chores, whatever that might be. And it changes as they age. And then they have autonomy on how they want to spend it once a quarter on anything they want to spend so that that's helped quite a bit yeah three, bu- uh, but also, three bucks a week for a, three bucks a week for a three-year-old that they're rich they're, they're rolling in it <laughs> yeah i know uh yeah i wish i i made that money when i was a three-year-old <laughs> yeah uh yeah i know um but also uh just you know when when you lean in more and once you and when you just hang back has also changes with how the kids age so there's a concept called attachment parenting, uh, which is basically be there for your child in the first 12 to 18 months as much as you can. Hold them as much as you want. You know, when they cry, just pick them up and everything. There is a school of thought. It said, hey, don't do that, which was, you know, my school of thought when I was growing up. is like because you're going to, quote unquote, spoil the child by picking them up all the time. But that's not the case. What I've, we've come to realize um, uh, in our experience with all of three kids is that attachment parenting actually helps create more secure kids 
because uh, they always feel that there is my parents are always going to be around uh, if um, something's going to back. So then they get the courage to go venture out. Otherwise, if you imagine if you're not going to be there for your child in the first 12 to 18 months, if they cry, there's nobody there to hold them because you think they might be habituated to be carried all the time then they are always going to be clingy even when they become 18 months old, two years, three years. So I've seen that shift that attachment parenting actually becomes a launch pad for creating more courageous kids in a way. Uh, so that's that was something I was different for, from my upbringing versus my kids. Also the way we, we feed our kids versus how I was fed, where my mom used to always chase me and like, hey, eat this, eat this, you haven't eaten enough versus how we, so that's been significantly different. So that tends into like more growth mindset kind of parenting uh, where you allow your kids to just, you know, feed themselves, let them feed how much ever they want. Obviously, like, you know, have watch for healthy diets versus not. But yeah, that's those are a couple of things uh, that were quite three things very different. Like how do we approach the luxuries in life? You know, some humility, how do we bring in humility, um, growth mindset and uh, attachment parenting has been different for us. Yeah, uh, attachment attachment theory is very interesting to me. I'm sure we could talk about that for for a long time. Um, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about cricket. Mm -hmm. you're, an, you're an avid cricket player, is that correct? That is true. How did you How did you find that? I did my I had to do my research before the call. You know, make sure <laughs> I, I knew who I was talking to. I don't think I've ever spoken to anybody actually that has played cricket. I've certainly never played it myself. I'd just love to hear your take on why cricket is an enjoyable sport and, and how it might compare to sports that we are more common here in the States. Yeah, I mean, growing up in India, like especially in the era that I was in, 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 in the 90s kid, so uh, there were a few opportunities and cricket was the one that you would, you know, with very little investment, you'd go out and just whack the ball and it gives you a sense of dopamine kick and you just build from there. And it's a great team sport um, as well. Nothing like achieving collectively together as a team. And I'm glad that it has stuck with me ever since now. I've been playing cricket for 25 years. I played cricket last Saturday as well at a great game. And I play cricket with kids in the park every evening as well. I love to coach uh, kids as well. So it's been, uh, you know, my my like passion that, you know, goes back to your point of like, how do I keep my sanity, which is through meditation and, and playing some cricket and listening to music. But yeah, like I play cricket, I coach cricket, uh, you know, teach kids about what does it mean to be a team player that, you know, you may not always be the star performer, you may not even get to do something, but you just got to be there for the team at times. And sometimes cricket gives you those lessons. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's been my kind of a crutch uh, all my life. How different is it from baseball? Have you it played is. baseball? Yeah, I have played baseball. It's, it's, I would say both of them are like kind of similar to some extent although i might be biased i find cricket more uh skillful and uh interesting and that could also be because i don't follow baseball i don't understand it fully uh, but yeah it's more like more the same like you have a batter and you have somebody with pitcher who would throw you call it a bowler in cricket you score some runs and the opposing team creates those runs but you know different formats of cricket uh as well cool well i'll have to try it one day okay so we're going to move into the last segment here, which is we're going to call Dinesh's Advice Corner. So I'm just going to ask you some advice on a few different topics. You ready? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So first one is, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to learn how to code? Oh, uh, just be growth mindset. Be at it. Uh, don't give up. Well, a lot of publications online. Uh, my One thing that I would 
really recommend somebody who's not from a tech background is to look at some uh, boot camps. And I've seen some you know really great engineers who come from absolutely no tech background and now uh, in an IC doing great software work, uh, and they use boot camps as as a launchpad. So that would be that would be one recommendation. What is the best advice you have ever received? You can't be everything to everyone. What advice would you give to your former self? And you know, this might sound that I'm being repetitive, but I wish I had read the book Mindset from Carol Dweck 20 years ago. This would have changed a lot about me. So would have been focused on results and not about perceptions. It's just called Mindset? Yeah. So I am expecting my first child. So what advice do you have for me, both for these next seven weeks and, and just as a soon-to-be father? Oh, go on a lot of lunch dates. <laughs> just go go out, have fun with your partner. Um, be great. Uh, read the books that align both your parenting versus theirs. Uh, so it's very important that both of you are on the same page on how you want to raise your child. I would recommend attachment parenting. Uh, and that's that's a good one to go with. So yeah, take care of yourself and your partner because life's about to change uh, amazingly. <laughs> well, it's going to be a lot of sleep. Get some sleep, get some rest, TLC, and align on your parenting style. It's a journey, great journey. Awesome. Well, this has been a great conversation. Dinesh, where can people go to connect with you or learn more about you? Uh, the only place that I'm active on is LinkedIn, so they can definitely reach me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with people uh, any which way they need my help, either parenting advice, career advice, and a lot of people are getting let go uh, in our industry. So I'm happy to you know, share my experience and any you know pointers or referrals that I can provide. So LinkedIn is the best place to reach me. Awesome. I'll be sure to link that in the, in the show notes of the episode as well. Thank you very much, Dinesh Sukija, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Dinesh. Thank you so much, Anthony. Yeah.